0: Well, good evening, LCM. Good evening. Tonight is Wednesday, April 28, 2021. Look, last Sunday, we began our Remember Secure Sons series. Here's what we're going to do. You want, you want the plan? You want to know what, what's happening? We're going to have Remember Secure Sons progressing every Sunday. That was the first of seven That's coming up. What we're going to do on Wednesdays is we're going to reflect on the remember that we just covered the previous Sunday. So tonight, we're going to have some reflection on what we learned last Sunday. See, what
1: we're learning to do as a church is to actually put into practice what we're hearing. Amen. What a crazy idea for a bunch of (laughs) Christians to actually do what they say that they believe. Turn with me in your actual Bibles. Your actual swords there to Psalm chapter 89 and look at verse 15, 89 and verse 15. And somebody say reflection when you get there. Psalm 89, 15. I didn't have enough people. I still see people turning. Come on, get to Psalm 89 and verse 15. Reflection. It says this, blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, O Lord. We who walk in the light of your presence. Come on now, listen to that again. Blessed are those who have learned to acclaim you, who walk in the light of your presence, Lord. My goodness, isn't that exactly what God is causing us to do? To have some fervor that we can acclaim him and walk in the light of his presence? Now, if you think back to Sunday, we can recall just a few things that, that we presented as your pastors. We shared what we and our wives felt in the Lord's presence The very first day that we stood before the Lord. Do you guys remember us sharing that with you on Sunday? Here are some of the things that we felt in those moments. Completely secure. Liberated. That there was tangible power because we were face to face with God. That we are chosen. That we had an intimacy with him. We were close. That God hears me is one of the things that we knew. We were clean. We were set free. We were full of the safety of God, full of his joy, full of gratefulness. There was a righteousness that came upon us, a hope, because we were known, we were capable, and we were significant. That's what we felt on the first day as we stood before the Lord. Now, you're a church that does your
2: homework. I know that when you left the service, you got clear instructions to spend these next few days remembering what it was like. Your first time in the presence of the Lord. So you heard ours. I want to hear yours. Call out some of the things that you remember. Freedom. Come on, louder, Elsie. I want to hear them. Keep going. Healing. What else? Freedom. Freedom. What else? Confidence. 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 Sonship. Oh, come on, saints. Look, if that's the way that you felt on the first day that you entered into his presence, what would that mean about any day you don't feel that way? Uh Kind of have to mean you're not standing in his presence, huh? Well, we're not going to focus on that tonight. We're going to focus on remembering that first oh, day. Yeah, Amen. We're going to focus on reliving that first day. Yeah. We're going to focus on reviving it because <laughs> you can have it all of the time. This is the situation that Deuteronomy 4 addresses. They are 40 years after the first day. Roughly again, as far as Charlie and Joe are from when they fell in love with the Lord. But I had dinner with them the other night And I watched him refreshing it. I watched him reliving it. I saw the engine starting to turn over. And it does something. It causes revival. We're going to read Deuteronomy
0: 4, 9 through 10 to kick off our message today. Amen. As you turn there, call out reflection. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not... Forget the things your eyes have seen or let them slip from your heart as long as you live. Ain't gonna slip. Nope. Teach them. Everybody say, teach them. Teach Teach them. To your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb. I'm remembering. When he said to me, assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. But this first verse that we had last Sunday set the precedent of what we're going to remember. It helps us understand that God didn't want to just secure one generation of sons. That through the means of remembering, retelling, reliving He wanted to secure multiple generations of sons. God is after the bigger target, and that is the generation upon generation. We're not going to fizzle and fade. We're going to relive. We're going to revive.
1: We're going to retell. We're going to cultivate it. Come on now. You got to remember that in Exodus chapter 3 and chapter 4, on the day that the Lord first spoke to Moses, he was an insecure son. But he was called to be one of the greatest leaders this planet has ever known. How shocking. I mean, it's a shocker that on the first day, he was not all that he would be. Moses, the mighty man of God, had to grow. He He had to become what he was already granted. In fact, he had to gain what he had that was granted to him. Church, this is the process of becoming a secure son. Moses was granted sonship the very day that he stood before the Lord. Yeah, Can you remember that? Do you remember that moment? That's what we've been remembering and retelling and reliving this week. It should be fresh in your heart, fresh in your mind. Mm-hmm. He was granted sonship just like you, just like me, the day that he stood before the Lord. Moses had to grow in security and revelation in order to gain what was his so that he might govern God's people. Oh yeah, I'm going to say that again because I want us to get that right here. Moses was granted sonship the very day that he stood before the Lord. But he had to grow in security and revelation in order to gain what was his so that he might rightly govern God's people. Moses wasn't given accommodations, No, but he experienced the actual transformation that his God was with him, that his God would teach him, that his God would give him what to say every single day, and that every day he would grow in that revelation as a secure son. Look, as we go into our next scripture,
2: there's a a profound truth that you're going to start to glean repetitiously. I, I mean, I really hope you'll hear it. You're granted sonship, and you grow through interaction with his presence. And then you begin to gain security as you interact with the presence of your father and your king. This allows you to govern the sons that he gives you. Every son has to start somewhere, but every son is intended to grow into what his father is. You are called to govern the celestial realms, Come to sit on. on the throne of God, judging yeah. even angels. We've been granted sonship, but we've got to grow. We have yeah. to gain ground. we got to make progress, y'all, because we're going to end up governing. That's what happens. Let's go to 2 Samuel 9. one. We're going to be in this passage for a while, so let's just say 2 Samuel 9. David asked, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? I want you to understand what David is doing right here. David is remembering something. He's remembering an ancient covenant that he made with Jonathan. Jonathan is gone. The household of Saul is almost gone. But David remembers the covenant do you know why he remembers it because God remembers covenants he remembers it because that's what God is like God remembers his covenants and he expects us to remember ours that covenant was in effect before the people who are going to receive from it even knew it but one day they wake up to it kind of like Jacob realizing at Bethel God was in this place, and I wasn't aware of it. God didn't show up. Jacob woke up. Well, there is a covenant in this place, and there's an awakening happening to it because David remembered. As we remember the covenant, as we remember his presence, an awakening is
0: going to happen in our souls and those around us. Is that awakening happening in you, church? Yes. Let's look at verse 2 and see what this remember brought about. Now there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David. And the king said to him, Are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, Is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Ziba answered the king, There is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. As a result of asking in remembrance that david was asking there's a servant that comes forward and he brings the news of a son that still existed a son of jonathan but this son had something he had a problem here's the thing sons all sons come with problems shocker yes shocker it wasn't just this one you look around, all sons come with problems, but praise God, it doesn't just stay in that one spot. Do we have any parents of teenagers in here? Anybody
2: raised a teen? They're still your son, but they got problems. They're
1: going to grow though. Amen. Now. Let's take a look at verse four. Where is he? Where is this son with problems? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Mekir, son of Amiel in the Lodabar. Everybody say Lodabar. Lodabar. Let me give you a quick Hebrew lesson. Y'all ready for a quick Hebrew lesson? In Hebrew, lo means no. Lo means no. Say that with me. Lo means no. Ken. <laughs> yeah. Ken means yes. Lo means no. And debar either means word, like the debar Yahweh, the word of the Lord, or it can mean pasture. So where was Mephibosheth? When the king was responding and asking about him, yearning to see him, that he might show the kindness of the heavens upon him. This man, Mephibosheth, was in a place of no pasture because he was in a place that had no word. Come on now, you should be thinking about verses that talk about a famine of the word. You could be even thinking about men like Samuel, who God revealed himself through his word to him. See, it sounds like that this son was not standing in a place of the presence of his father. He was standing in a place of the presence of the king, but the king was drawing him into this very, very special place. Can I tell you, he was
2: always supposed to be a recipient of the covenant. He just didn't know it. He had problems in his life because he didn't have the word. And most of all, he had not been in the presence of the king. When you refresh yourself in the presence of the king and his word, can I tell you what starts to happen to your problems? Let's pick up in verse 5. So King David had him brought from Lodabar, from the house of Makir, son of Amiel. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to him to honor him. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Oh, saints, there's something beautiful here. The king, he knows your name. He had a covenant in place before you knew yeah. about it. And your problems doesn't mean that he's not calling you into the covenant. Calling you by name into his presence. He knows your name. What kind of name? McClintock and Strong's biblical encyclopedia says this name, Mephibosheth. It means the exterminator Of shame. Our God wants to fix your problem. If you'll get in his presence. If you'll remember it. If you'll relive it. If you'll revive it. If you'll retell it. It will do something in you. It will cause you to grow. You can be granted sonship. But you got to grow in your security as a son. You have to gain ground. You'll end up governing the kingdom. If you persist in doing what is right. Look. The thing is. He had to go search for him. He was with intentionality that he called him. Can I tell you, even you visitors, you didn't get here by accident. Amen. The king is calling your name. He is drawing you into his presence because he knows what that will do to your state. You say, but I got problems. He knew it when he called you. Look at the person on your left and right. They got problems too. But he's going to fix it. He will heal it. He will bring you, he will grant you a status that you could never achieve on your own. And then he will empower you to grow in it. And your security and your confidence in him will transform you as you gain ground. That's what we're talking about. He's going to exterminate
0: your shame, but you got to get in his presence. Amen. Do you want to gain ground tonight? When you're in the presence of a king and you hear his voice speak your name, that gives you the confidence to stand as a secure son. Oh, but there was more that the king said to him. Let's pick up in verse 7. Do not be afraid. Do not be an insecure son, David said to him. For I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul. And you will always eat at my table. Right after telling him, don't be afraid. Don't be an insecure son. He's telling him, I'm about to transform your situation. Yeah. I'm about to, be, about to bring about a change that can bring you security as a son of this household. This is not the day the covenant was made. This is a result of the covenant that had been made. Come See, when now. it gets to this point. A covenant's not being established. That was already established between David and Jonathan beforehand. But Mephibosheth was a recipient of the covenant that had already been established.
1: That was going to provide transformation in that immediate moment. Come on now, look at how Mephibosheth responds. He's just been promised by King David. He's been encouraged and said, don't be afraid. I'm going to show you kindness. I'm going to restore lands to you. You're going to eat at my table. My goodness, what is it like when you first get in the presence of the king? He is assuring you. He is calling you. He is granting you sonship. And look at how Mephibosheth responds. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? (laughs) A dead dog like me. You know, I am blessed to live in the Stephen's home. I'm learning to love little Brutus. He prefers to be called Mighty Brutus. Mighty, mighty, mighty Brutus. I've seen how Scarlet treats him, though. That's what I was wondering about. (laughs) See, we talked about it last week. I remember we were talking about it, and I've seen how committed Brutus is. How much he loves Eric. How much he loves his family. He will stand up to the largest of animals and be right there, ready to give his life for him. But I also know that he's got the nature of a dog. That nature that kind of comes out at times. In very inappropriate times. (laughs) Teaching my daughter a lot about human anatomy and very many other things. But what's going on in this passage, you're seeing that Mephibosheth, he's understanding what his nature is, but his dog-like behavior. You know what I'm talking about. That dog-like behavior, you know what happens? He's in the presence of the king. Do you know what happens to dog-like behavior when you get in the presence of the king? It might as well be a dead dog now because that dog-like behavior is dead. It is gone. He might have been conscious of his dog nature, of that human nature. But after this moment, he's never going to speak about it again. Man, what can we learn about that today? Yeah. It's one thing to be overwhelmed, be an insecure son when you're realizing what's going on. But the whole point is that you've been granted sonship and you got to grow into it. you got to gain what he's promised and one day you'll govern with him. But Mephibosheth here, his understanding because he is aware of the king's nature and it's awakening security into him. Has anybody, while you've been remembering, are you getting awakened to some security on the inside? of you? Come on, are you more secure now than you were on Sunday? If you've been remembering, you should be. Because it's part of that growth process. You're not trying to accommodate. You're trying to be transformed. And you are growing in security. But where does that come from? That comes from when you stand in the presence of the king. Those dog-like behaviors are gone. They are dead. They are put behind you. Never to be again. Even revisited. But you stand because you understand. And you are becoming a secure son. Somebody say dead. dead. Say dead. Dead. Say dead as a
2: dog. Dead as a dog. I'm going to tell you the truth. Every time you enter the king's presence, you can, can declare your sinful nature dead as a dog. Now you know that it's not. That's why Romans 6 tells you, count it dead. Declare it dead. Do not let sin reign in your body. On the day that he visited you, as you started to think about his presence, you said things like free, peace, confidence. You know what nobody said? Dog. Because that dog dies in the Amen. presence of our king. And you, you are granted sonship and it's something that you grow in. We're going to hunt down every last remnant of that dog and we're going to kill it We declare it dead now and as we grow, as we gain ground, as we learn to govern our bodies, our households, and become governors in the kingdom of God, that dog dies. Hey, let's pick up in verse 9. Then the king summoned Ziba. Get over here, Ziba. (laughs) Saul's steward and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and to bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, he will always eat at my table. Look, you remember the first day that you were in the Lord's presence. Tell me again some of what you heard, what you felt. What what was it like, J.J.? Set apart. What was it like, Bonham? Confidence. Come on, what was it like, Treaster? Awful. Awful, full of awe. What was it like, Spencer? <laughs> Loved. Loved. See, dog is dead, and you're no. now at the king's table. I want you for a minute to think about Mephibosheth, little crippled boy. At first, I bet he, he gets up at that table, and I don't know, I know what it is to adopt sons. I know exactly what it's like to have somebody that wasn't born of the same uterus sitting at the same table as a son, and it, it looks a little something like like this. Uh, Judah, I, I I know that you know I'm I'm new here, and, and maybe I, I really don't I don't deserve it, and uh and and uh, your mom worked hard on it, but do you think maybe just kind of so could could you hand me a, a, a green bean or two? You know how many Christians act like that? But I bet after Mephibosheth sat at that table for a while, he was like, don't you give me that turkey wing. I want both sides of its chest, the chicken chest parts. I want it all. Give me the best part. I'm a son. Hey, you guys were born here and that's good for you. He wanted me. He called me by name. He went out and got me. Look, you got a chair. That chair's got your name on and it's cute. Let me put my cripple foot up on the table because we're going to see what's going to happen here, saints. Something happens when you know that you weren't born to a house, but you were brought into that house. Your confidence has got to grow. Can you imagine every day his security started to change? Every day he began to gain ground. I bet at first he kind of hid that little knobby foot. But before long, he was sporting it up right on the table next to Judah's green beans. Because his daddy was the king. He had been asked for by name. His shame is gone. All that is ahead of him now is progress. Church, don't be scared of the transformation you still need. Your daddy's the king. He was granted a place at the table. But every day he was gaining security as a son. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm gaining security.
0: Gaining security.
2: Now you can't do that if you're accommodating insecurity. If you're hiding
0: it. So we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about gaining security. Amen. Let's gain some more. We'll read verse 11. Then Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do whatever my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Oh yeah, give me the mashed potatoes too. Woo! Mashed potatoes, green beans, and security all mixed together. You know when this was granted? On day one. Day one. Day one it was granted... But from that point forward, it was growing every day thereafter. So that Mephibosheth gained everything the king had destined for him. This is a message for us. That we are granted this sonship. We're granted this place at the king's table on day one. But it's something that we have to continually grow into. Let's gain the ground of confidence and security that our king has given us. Because we're called to govern alongside with
1: him. Come on now, church. Somebody say, Reflection. Boy, we are reflecting on what it's like to be in the first day before the king. But you got to be growing in your security every day after that. Look at verse 12. It doesn't just stop there. Look at verse 12. Mephibosheth had a young son. Mephibosheth had a son named Micah. And all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. Come on now. Let's be honest. Most of us were picturing Mephibosheth as a child, weren't we? He has his own son. He is a secure son who's learning how to secure sons. Yeah. See, he was granted sonship from the very first moment that he appeared before the king. The king was looking for him, calling for him by name. He's growing in security. I mean, are you with me on this? This idea of the longer that he was there at the king's table, the more it felt like his own table. The more that he was enjoying the fruits of being there with the king. He was growing in security. And he gained his own son. The maturing process caused him to gain his own son. And now he's governing governing his own sons and the very servants that are there to serve him. This is the progress. This is the procession of going forward and becoming secure sons. Granted sonship from the first. Growing in security. Gaining his own son and now governing a household so he can do this over and over again. This is a beautiful picture. And you see why Mephibosheth is one of our favorite stories in the whole word. We're not going to talk about insecure sons today. We're simply going to
2: say that because Melchizedek grew in his security, he brought his sons to the king's table. Amen. See, him knowing who he was, him growing in who he is, it brought his sons to the king's table. Let's pick up in verse 13. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always yeah. not the heart's chicken buffet in Missouri city. It's not more rice sushi. He always ate at the King's table. He was lame in both feet. You mean he had problems, but he always ate at the King's table. See, he's granted a seat. He grew in the presence of the King. He gained his own sons. He governed even servants. His place was secure and he was permanent at the king's table. No waffling, no apologizing, no, well, maybe I I don't deserve to be. He got the invitation from the king and he made his home in his presence. I got to tell you, like everybody else, I didn't deserve to be saved. Shocker. But since I was saved, since he (laughs) called me by name, i got to tell you, I was granted sonship. And that wasn't the end of my walk. That starting line was not the finish line. It was a birthing. It was a birthing into a whole new world. And actually, as much as that was the biggest change in my life up to that moment, it was little more than leaving the dark womb of the world and into the life of a new world. See? It seemed dramatic because it was the first day, but it didn't stop there. I grew in the presence of the king. Having been granted sonship, I then began to grow. How did I begin to grow? I ate at the king's table. I found out I could get revelation. I found out that his word was edifying to my soul, and it's all I wanted. I wasn't just granted sonship. I grew in it. And as I began to gain revelation, security began to settle in me. I found out. That although I had been a dead dog, I was now a very live son, capable of hearing from the throne of God. And that made me at least any other man's equal, because my daddy is the king. And I was growing in it. I even learned how to govern my own body, young man. Then I learned how to govern a house, you uh, husbands. I eventually learned to govern a church. And at every step of the way, I had to get revived in his presence. Because at every step of the way, insecurity wanted to jump in there and say, you might have been able to do that, but you can't do this. Shut up, devil. I am eating from the king's table. Let me read to you from Psalm 36. I'm just taking it aside there. You don't go there. Stay here. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Continue your love to those who know you. Your righteousness to the upright in heart. I want you to know that salvation is a continual process. I want you to know that you're granted full rights on day 1, but you grow in security as a son. You gain ground in your knowledge of the Father as you spend time in his presence, and so every day you're further along than the day before. Amen. And if you got some fleas hanging on you, you got some you got some dead dog like stuff on you, call it dead and call it a day and move on.
1: Amen.
0: <laughs> Isn't it good to be seated at the king's table? It's a position that is granted. Uh, I'm here, my brother, share and and remember the day he was saved. I can't help but remember something that took place in way back in 2003. Oh, I was granted something. I was granted the opportunity to stand before my pastor and peers and receive an ordination into ministry. Genu How, do it? How day? many
2: fingers? I don't, I've never known. I, I got a singular finger on that day.
0: <laughs> High and lifted up, yes. That was an honor that day. It's, it's something that I was looking forward to. I'd been granted salvation and moving forward. Now standing before my pastors and peers, I was granted a seat at the big boy table. And that standing there. I was so excited to be an ordained son, but there's something that I didn't realize at that moment. Although I was an ordained son, I wasn't a done son. (laughs) You ever put a three-year-old in a high chair, pull them up to the table, and they're sitting eye to eye with everybody, and they think that they're an adult? That's exactly what that day was like. I was honored to be standing before a whole congregation, but I realized there was some growing up that I had to do. Oh, Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I had a romanticized view of ministry. I thought that once I got to that place of being granted a seat at the table, that man, that that was it. I I mean, I am fit. I am ready. It's just going to be glorious. I'm going to slay giants and slay people in the Holy Ghost. I had no idea how much growing that I had to do. But you know what I did? I grew. Yeah. I grew and I grew and I grew. I gained ground in getting security and confidence as God's minister and his son. I began to learn how to govern my wife, govern my home, govern even this church. I have been growing tremendously. And I'm not talking about since 2003, I'm talking about since last month. I've been growing tremendously, gaining ground, and learning how to govern as my king governs.
1: Can't stop, won't stop. We're Woo! growing together. Get it, baby. Hey, 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 don't leave me out here. Hang on. <laughs> High five like I'm not on the stage or something. See, Hang on a I second. always thought Pastor was perfect <laughs> from the beginning. That's it. I saw
2: that Wait perfect hairline,
1: and I was like, that guy <laughs> came out of the womb perfect. <laughs> Wait a minute. Shine on. Man, you got. We're going back in time. We're, we're around 1993. Whoa. We're fast to about 2003. Uh-oh. We're going to catch another decade in here. Let me talk to you about when we got here. Yeah. Man, I was granted something special by coming to LCM. I promise you that was my favorite. This is the favorite thing that has ever happened to me in my life as far as when God set my family here at this church. I was granted the affection of friends. I was granted the love of a congregation. You know what else I was granted? I was granted a pastorship right here in this place. That meant I was done. I didn't have to do anything. I was secure. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Then real growth had to occur. We actually, we were granted everything that we could have hoped for. Everything that we ever wanted in a church was right here and it's granted to you. Then you know what happened? Then the next day, we had to start growing and keep growing and keep gaining security as a son, teaching my family how to gain security so that I can govern my family better, so that I can govern this church better. See, no matter what we get to, we're thinking that there's always, man, when I get to that, everything, it's on easy street. We're ready to coast, hit the cruise control, because it's done from here. Now, maybe you've just been granted something that is beyond incredible, but you know what you're going to have to do next? You're going to have to grow. I'm still growing. My testimony is not even seven years old yet. I'm telling you, my testimony is today I needed to grow. I needed to keep gaining so that I can govern what God wanted me to do. This is an unending cycle of needing transformation into a secure son, but I got to tell you something. I love it. I love it because I'm not looking, I'm looking to be transformed every single day in every single way because that's the process that we're in. Do you hear that your three
2: pastors are delighting in the progress that we still have to make? We're excited about how far we've come, but we're also excited about how far we can still go. It's like somebody gave us a perfectly tailored Jesus suit. But we got to grow into it. And, uh, and we're excited. Hey, would y'all like to hear a manual written in the word on this whole process? Yeah. The book of Proverbs could arguably be singularly summed up as on the topic of sonship. Now, in, in, in your English translations, for those of you that are blessed enough to have a 1984 NIV or are not beleaguered by some other translation. <laughs> Son or sons occurs 50 times in 46 verses of the 31 chapters in in Proverbs. Somebody say that's a bunch. That's a bunch. bunch. But it's not as many as occur in Hebrew. In Hebrew, the word ben or bene, it it occurs 60 times in 55 verses. I I, I want you to catch that. 55 verses, 60 mentions of sons or sonship in the book of Proverbs. Alone, can I tell you that makes it kind of a manual on what we're talking about—secure sons. What we're trying to reflect on here. Let's pick up in the very first proverb. Is that all right, Mm -hmm. Tizzy? That's all right with you? Because you're about to be granted to be a husbandman. That's a good King James word. And on day one, you'll be so excited you granted that. But then you gotta grow. You gotta gain ground. You you'll be. She'll put that ring on your finger and even your beard will be excited. (laughs) But then you got to grow into the covenant that you just made. See, that is how the Bible... Let's go to Proverbs 1 before I get in trouble. (laughs) Proverbs 1 and verse 1. If y'all don't like to have a good time in church, there are a lot of miserable churches you could go to. We have a good time here. Proverbs 1.1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Now, I'll let one of you grammarians figure out whether the king of Israel refers to David or Solomon since they were both kings. What I want to point out to you is that before Solomon is ever referred to as anything else, he's the son of David. Because this book is about sonship. He's going to show us how to produce, become,
0: and be secure sons. Amen. Let's continue in verse 5 of Proverbs 1. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance. Now, we just got through reading. This is written by Solomon, son of David. You know, the very man that was granted wisdom like none other by God. And here he is given his very instructions. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. That even the wise, have, though they've been granted that wisdom, have to grow. There's ground that they have to gain so that they can rightly govern from that place of wisdom. Yeah. And look, the, the way that it, it ends, let the discerning get guidance. That just because you discern something doesn't mean you have it all wrapped up and put together. There's some growing in that discerning that yeah. has to happen. Yeah. There's some gaining of ground where you get
1: guidance from God so that you can rightly govern as God does. Yeah. Let's go to verse eight. Let's see how this continues. Verse eight of chapter one says, listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. This is Solomon. Son of David is now instructing his own sons about what they must do. You're hard pressed to find chapters in the book of Proverbs that aren't structured around fathers giving sons some type of advice. Come on, dads, it starts when they're little, doesn't it? You're giving them advice all the way. I still hadn't stopped giving my sons advice yet. Every son is granted status. Every son has to grow in their security. Every son gains sons of their own, and then they govern their own households. And you know why? So you can repeat the process again and again. Man. Granted sonship, growing in security, gaining your own son, and then governing in a way that allows the cycle to repeat over and over through the generations. So, we just gave you the 30,000 foot
2: flyby, like the overview, the Google Zoom out. Would you like to see the actual step by step manual because you are the practical people? Yes. Yeah. You're not practical people? Yes. You don't want to? Well, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Do you want to hear it? Yes. <laughs> Hey, Proverbs 2, starting in verse 1, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ears to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will
0: understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Oh, we got something to help you guys. In fact, we're, we're going to grant you a slide to help put this zoomed-in application together. These are eight definitive steps in this passage that. Pastor Eric just read. And number one, accept my words. The words that have been granted to you, that give you the ability to be a secure son. Number two, store up my commands. This is when you are growing in your depth and understanding. You're hiding the word within your heart so they may not sin against him. Just to make sure we're not missing anything. Okay, because they're written plainly on
2: the screen like, accept this word. Oh, okay, I do that. Yes, you you believe that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens <laughs> me. Until you're asked to do something that requires His strength. Yeah. See, accepting His word means every word, and not accepting yes, that it's true time. in Christie's life or true in Ella's life, but it is true in Irma's life. It's true in every person's life. Yeah. When we say accept His word, it's it's not. Yes, I believe in the verbal plenary inspiration of the Bible, whatever that is. It means accepting the Father's instruction to you and
0: then storing them up. You know, there's something that we do in this church. It has transformed us all. We store commands on three by five index cards, don't we?
1: Oh, yeah. I
0: got stones. stones. You got stones? Stones. Man, i got a pocket full of stones. Hasn't that brought about transformation in our lives? It's everything. Readily having the word on our person to be hidden within our hearts so that we know rightly what to do, what our Father is asking us to do. Well, that really does take us to the third step. When you have truly accepted all of God's words, you've stored them up in His commands. Now you have the ability to turn your ear and hear exactly what your father is speaking to you. It's like daddy's going, hey, 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 hey use your neck, boy, over here. <laughs> Listen to me now. Whenever God is getting, trying to get your attention, now you are in a place where you can pay attention and be ready to do exactly what your father says for you to do. And just like with that interaction with a father that's developing a secure son, He gets his attention because he's going to tell him what to do next. That's number four. Apply your heart. Hasn't that happened inside of you? Whenever you have stored up his commands within you, you've heard the voice of the Father, and it gives you the right direction of what you need to go do. But get this. That's only halfway through this list. The next step, number five, is call out. Now you're in a position where you call out for transformation. You have a sober judgment about exactly where you are and what needs to happen. Not only do you call out for transformation, you cry aloud for transformation. Transform me! Then you're looking for transformation. I want to see the evidence of it,
1: Father. And you're searching for every bit of it inside of your own heart and life. Come on, the Lord himself has given us a manual to understand how to secure our sonship. Look in verse 5 of Proverbs 2. It says, Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. That word there for understand is a unique word. It's, he, it's from the Hebrew 995 if you're looking for a strong number. Now, the truth is, is, the word is pronounced ben. It sounds just like the Hebrew word for son, but this is ben. It's a word that means to be capable, to be able then you will be capable, able, you'll know how to deal wisely, you'll discern, you'll perceive, you'll be able to regard yourself as a secure son because you've learned and now you know the father. Man, that is a serious type of understanding so that you can secure your sonship because you know how good your father is. Amen. Look, can you put that slide back up? I will we're a smart church.
2: We're a biblically literate church. Man, some of you guys are even handsome in this church. You got a lot going for you. But I do not want to skip over this. Okay? The pastor said it. It's, it's absolute. Accept my words. That means in every situation at all times. No more going, well, I know the word says, but no, no more. Some of you are the most seasoned Christians in the world, but you do not believe the word about you. How could you be self-loathing if God loves you?
0: Come on, mm, Come
2: How on. could you be down? Hey, we're going to focus on, on good things. You get to accept it. You get to accept it. You get to store them up. You get to turn your ear and apply your heart. You know what this causes when you realize how heavy those first four are impacting on your soul? It means that you're calling out to him not at salvation for transformation, every day for transformation. It means that you're crying aloud, like blessed are those who mourn over their condition. Said to a saved people, You are crying out for the areas where you're not yet like your father. You're saying, I want more of you, help me, mighty God. And he wants to, he's been searching for that opportunity. It actually means that you're looking for any area in your life, any, that could yet still be transformed further, never considering it done. It means that you, like the psalmist, are saying, search me, Lord, search me. Not because you don't expect him to find something, but because you're blind to it and you don't want to accommodate it anymore. You're asking him to highlight it for you. And you know what? He will change you. This results in sons that bend, that understand, they're capable, they're discerning, they're actually wise in their dealings. As they know their father, they know themselves. See, that is a beautiful thing. We're going to move towards a close here. We're 48 minutes in and uh, we'd really like this message to be about an hour. We can always worship for two or three afterwards. I would like to remember relive retell that deuteronomy for standing in the presence of the lord and as as we're thinking about that process i just want to tell you it should bring to mind something right away you should be thinking john 112 yet to all who did receive him to those who believed in his name he gave the right to become Children of God. That's an ongoing process, a continual becoming. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or of a husband's will, but born of God. We were granted sonship the moment
0: we experienced his presence. Uh, We grow into secure sons
1: as we continue to experience his presence. We gain security capability and understanding as we are transformed in his presence. Amen. We govern our own household so that what was done at Horeb, the first
2: time we were in his presence, is not lost in any generation. It's
0: always on our tongues, always on our minds, and always in our actions. Amen. Look, when you think on the Mephibosheth process in Second Samuel chapter 9, I know we're saying it, it's not any different then the life of Timothy himself. So we're going to read to you 1 Timothy 4.15 in the ESV. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this. For by doing so, you will save both yourself and Your hearers
2: knowing what you know now let's give you a a lcm amplified version of the esv it's my initials i feel like i can do it this will be the eric stevens version practice or remember these things immerse or revive yourself in them so that all may see your progress keep a close watch on yourself like reliving the teaching Persist or retell in this. By doing so, you will
1: save both yourselves and your sons.
2: It's the Eric Stevens version.
1: (laughs) Come on, let's do this one more time. Let's get this down into our souls, down into us. Back to verse 15, it says, practice these things. You know, these things that you've been granted. You've been given them. They've been granted to you. Immerse yourself in them. Grow in them so that all can see your progress. Everyone can see what you have actually gained because of your faithfulness. Keep a close watch on yourself. Govern yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this for by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. Come on now. This progress that we got to make tonight is something that's beautiful.
2: Look, when you're reflecting on the roadmap that we gave you in Proverbs, particularly Proverbs 2, it's laid out so clearly. I want you to know we see the very same things in the book of Philippians. Can I show that to you? This would be Philippians 1:4. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the... First day until now, being confident or secure of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion unto the day. Listen, you were granted something that he will cause you to grow in. You will gain ground until you reach the governance of God as a full-blown mature son producing sons ruling and reigning with him he always intended this to be a life of continual transformation yeah. i can say with absolute confidence that borge regina's best years are ahead of him Amen. not behind him Amen. i can say with absolute certainty that john dang's best years are ahead of yeah. him not Amen. behind him I am watching in Charlie and Joellen's life, who I have known my whole life, that they are living their very best years now, and they're only going to get better. Do you know why? We're still
0: being transformed. Is that giving you confidence? Let me read to you Revelation 21.7, also in the ESV. The one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be as God, and he will be my son. Church, we're fighting for our heritage. Yeah, We know what we have been granted. And we know that we must grow and gain ground to become what he says we are. What areas of your life have you identified that must be transformed
1: to secure you as sons? Come on now, as we get ready to close, we want to put the slide back up that we had on the screen. This is from Proverbs 2. This is the very manual that God has given us. Come on now, as we're thinking, as we're reflecting, as we're taking just a few moments this evening to reflect, we've remembered that first day that we encountered the Lord, but now we're reflecting on how we're growing as secure sons. You've been granted words from the Lord. Can somebody say amen? God has granted you his words. Are there things, as your pastors were speaking tonight, that you realized that you've not actually accepted his word for you? You've not actually accepted his word in your life. You've got to accept his words. Why? So that you can store up his commands. So that you can be growing. I want to encourage you, not only should your stones that are in your pocket, they shouldn't get stale. Are these the same ones that you've had for years now? Have they gotten stale? are you still storing up the word of God? You've got to be able to grow in this. You've got to gain something by turning your ear towards what he's saying. You might have to turn away from some other things. Let's be honest. It's not might, is it? You know you have to turn your ear away from other things and turn your ear towards the Lord so that you can govern by rightly applying his word in your heart. My God, that we would apply his word rightly. What does that produce in you? Maybe tonight as you're hearing these things, secure sons are ones who call out, Lord, help transform me. They cry aloud. They say, Lord, transform me. I don't want a combination anymore. I want to be a secure son. I'm remembering it. I'm reliving it. I'm retelling it. Now I need you to help and transform me. I'm looking for ways to be transformed. I'm not hiding from it. I'm not covering over it. I'm saying, where? Where else? Where else can I be transformed? I'm searching for it. That transformation may happen in this place. Tonight, these altars are open for you. These altars are open for what you've been granted as sonship so you can grow tonight. Somebody say tonight. Tonight. You can grow as secure sons. You can gain the ground that he's promised. You can have his word governing your heart, and you can cry out for transformation. In just a few seconds, I'm going to have you stand. What does it look like to call out? Uh, uh, Excuse me? You cry aloud because you don't care who else sees it. You learn what it's like to sit at the table of a king and to enjoy that security that comes. When we stand, these altars are open. You respond and let God transform you right now, right here in this place. Mighty God, we love you. We respond right now to you, Lord, that we might accept your words, store up your commands, turn and apply it in our hearts. God, we are crying out. We are calling aloud. Lord, we're looking for this transformation. Transform your people. Continue to transform your people this night, God, into secure sons in this house.